Howdy, y'all. Wow, I have no idea why I started this episode that way. Bailey and Harper, episode 75. It just came out, bro. I don't Howdy. know what to tell. Yeah, it was, I don't know. It's like a you been watching Toy Story? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my daughter goes, Woody, Woody. And so I, that, that's, her, that's her cue for Toy Story. <laughs> What's up? Episode 75. I have the hold on. Yeah. Kyle, I'm, I, I love and appreciate this evolution of you as a dad. <laughs> this has really happened in this time that we've been doing this. Yeah, it's this happened, is, bro. This has happened. It happens to everybody, though. It, it happens to, like, I, I firmly believe that, like, you, you don't truly grow up until you have kids. And so because they force you to truly grow up, even if you were mature already or whatever, like it does fundamentally change the way you see the world. So now I realize that I relate everything back to fucking Disney movies. That's yeah. it. That's life for me right now. So it is it. what it is. But uh, no, we were having uh, it's funny you said that. I got, I got to bring something up to you in just a second. But epi- right. episode 75, um, the greatest to ever do it. He and I are struggling with this, not for a shortage of options, but because there are too many when it comes to it's 75. It's too many. It's unbelievable. Too many. Can I, can I give you a mean Joe Green at 75? 10-time pro bowler, four-time all-pro, Super Bowl champ like four times. Mean Joe Green, number 75. What do you got? I got, I got Deacon Jones. Oh, yeah. That's I mean, such a great name. Deacon Jones, I mean, for real, you think that he would – that would be like a – a made-up first name. I have a question. All right. All right. So he I, is the all-time sack. Supposedly I, the all-time sack. I've leader. expressed to my wife that when we have our third and final child, God willing, that's the plan. Um, I, if it's a boy, I want to name him Deacon. Is that – what do you think about that? Because I've thought about that really hard. And I'm like – pretty in? It's, it's pretty good. Deacon Bailey. Yeah, right? I mean, you, I mean it's good on – Deke for short. I like it. It's great on Sundays too. Yeah. Deacon. That's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm with it. I'm not you like mad it? at it. I do like it. Okay, don't, 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 don't try to hurt my feelings or like avoid hurting my feelings. If you don't like it, you got to tell me. No, I mean, he sounds like a black dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just See, that's, that's what I wanted to hear from you. That, that, that's what you wanted. That's what I wanted to hear from you because you, it'd be like if I, is that like if I name my kid Reggie, like I, he'd just get some side eye? Yeah, you, you I mean you get a couple tick marks up. You know, because I know saying? a white guy named Reggie, and he's a hell of a nice guy. Yeah, but everybody always looks at him funny when he <laughs> says, "Hi, my name is Reggie." So I just, you know, I I know a white guy named Deacon. Like there was one on a TV show about country music a couple of years ago on CMT. <laughs> so I know they're out there. But it's like you know, if I can name my kid Deacon as a very white man, what, what am I am I culturally appropriating the word Deacon? I don't know, Roman. That's hey, man, why I asked you. That would be like, how would you feel if I named my son um, Bill? I mean, there are a lot of black bills, aren't there? Are there? Bill Cosby was just spotted walking around the oh, city. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, in, like, new age time. Because I think it's, like, some older names that are going to be, like, buried. For oh, yeah. Fred's done. <laughs> Fred's, Fred's done. done. <laughs> like, even, like, there's been some badass Freds, right? Fred's yeah. done. I, done. I don't, I don't see I, Fred coming I, back. I, I wish we had something live. Because this Norm. is what I would... I would want to know names that are done for at least this generation. Norm. Nor- Norm. Norm. Norm Norman's Out. gone. I think it's gone. I'm with you. My wife looked at me in all seriousness when I was talking about boys, and she said, what if we name our son Arlo? And I was like, what the fuck is – what century are you in right what now? What is that? Come back and rejoin the rest of us. That's what I'm saying. you right? got to be within right. the times, right? You, you want to name him Arlo? Like, what are you talking about right now? That's not- <laughs> Do you want him to get picked on when he goes? Like, that'd be the first thing. How my name's Arlo. Look at what a fucking nerd Arlo is. <laughs> kind of name is Arlo. Let me say it to him in kindergarten. Hopefully and, there's no Arlos look, listening you, out there. You, and, and look, as a, as, a, as a male, that's immediately what you think. is like, what kind of fucking nerd name is that? <laughs> Arlo? What kind of line of nerds does this kid come from? <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, Arlo? Come on. And I agree with you. Oh, it's funny it, as shit. Right. Karen, that name's gone. Right. Like, right. nobody's naming their daughter Karen. Sure. Um, it's, it's a few of them out there. I don't, I don't, 
I just don't see a lot of bills unless you're like a Bill Jr. No, or but the like there are certain names where it's like, okay, you can name your kid. We're we're on a complete tangent right now, and I love it. But complete. like you, like the name Terrence, for instance. Like one of my best friends growing up, Terrence, black dude. Like we grew up together. I right? would guess that. But like the only other kind of person you might see named Terrence is like an old Southern white man in Mississippi, and that's just on occasion. You might <laughs> run into one. Maybe. But like you're not gonna see an Asian guy named Terrence. No. Like you're, you're not gonna run into an never Indian guy. I never seen it before, right? Never seen. So it. it's like if you, Terrence is a great name. But if I name my little white baby Terrence, people are going to look at me with some side eye like, why'd you do that? Why would you do that? <laughs> yeah, you got to have some kind of influence. Right, right. right. So this I'm just isn't... wondering, like, how you're right. Names are going to die out because people are just going to stop using them for they a variety are. of reasons. It's not, and I, I don't, I'm not trying to hit all, all the bills out there. I know plenty of bills. I got great friends named Bill. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, new generation, it ain't a lot of people just rolling out Bill. You know what I mean? I'm Googling it, famous black men named Bill right now to see what comes up. I, I love it. Um, the very first Cosby, thing, I swear to God, Roman, the very first thing is Bill Clinton. I'm not kidding you. The first, the, ad- no, the, the black <laughs> I, I can't with this. You know what? That was a mistake. The very first thing I saw right there was the Bill Clinton. Never All right, fails. a few more honorable, <laughs> <laughs> honorable mention 75s. Lomas Brown, uh, 85 to 0-2. Your boy, Jonathan Ogden. Oh, yeah, I do. I was, I couldn't believe it. I mean, he is one of the greatest offensive linemen of all time, and he plays tackle, so you know I'm all about talking about tackles. Yes. Um, he's a large human being. I actually I saw him at the Super Bowl, and I think that's probably one of the first times I've ever actually seen Jonathan Ogden. Right. Um, he's a massive, massive human, human being. I don't think people realize how big some of these offensive linemen are. Yeah. Because you just see him on TV, and everybody else on TV is big too. But, like, when you see these people out of uniform – and around other former NFL greats, and he had his gold jacket on. And I look at this guy, I'm like, this dude is humongous. He is a very, 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 very large human being. And uh, that was – I just met him recently uh, this past Super Bowl. And so it was uh, really cool to see. And I'm always just taken back uh, at how many how many great players we are. And, and I'm glad that we actually do this and name our episodes after that. So, Me too. A really cool idea that we came up with. That we came up with. Because we're brilliant, obviously. Yeah, brilliant, you know. Speaking of massive guys, total like, tangent. Like Albert Einstein. Is Albert gone? Ooh. Is Albert Hainsworth the last mainstream Albert? I don't even know. Maybe in sports. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? I some, I've got some research to do after the show yeah, today. Yeah, like, I'm, I'm telling you, Kyle, I wish you were, you were on uh, the clubhouse right now so then we could just throw that out there to the I w- Yeah, people would people. help us out with that. Just yeah, crowdsource yeah, just saying, some right. shit. We that's the beauty to, of the radio show. Yeah, yeah, that that's you, what I'm saying. Like, y'all like, help me out, and then boom, you got 300 texts with people giving you right. the information And they don't need. call in. It's more the text lines. This is always hot. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I still get the very vibrant callers, for sure. And but, a matter of fact, I want to give a shout-out to, uh, what's your guy? Uh, uh, Kannapolis. Oh, K-Town Steve. K-Town Steve. Shout-out for K-Town Steve. He, you called me, right? So you, so you told us last time. Was it last time K-Town Steve came – Came over and, and did some window work for you, right? Yes, he came over and did some. So yes. K-Town Steve is a listener of WFNZ. He, he said he's in the car day. all the time. And so, so he played you, it so cool the whole time, I didn't think he knew who I was. So man. he walks in and tells you, hey, I listen to the podcast. As he's about to get ready to exit after he's done all this work, he just held it all in the whole time, I guess. And then all of a sudden, he's about to leave. He's like, hey, I, um, I listen to you and Kyle's podcast. I'm That's like, awesome. What? Really? He's like, yeah, I... You know I me. Mean? I'm in the car a lot traveling. I drive a lot. Right. You know, I listen to Kyle all the time. And then, you know, and in between when you guys bring out episodes, like he literally, you were, we had dropped the episode and he had like listened to it that day. Oh, like, really? He was not even like That's far right. Off. It was that day, wasn't it? It was like literally boom, boom. He was like right behind. That's right. And I then forgot about I was that. like, dude, dude, I mean, this guy's on it. So you call me and you're like, guess who just came to the house, right? And he told me his alias, which was 
K-Town Steve. Oh, yeah. And he was like, you were like, knew him immediately. So, oh, yeah. He's so cool dude. just to let you guys know. K-Town Steve, great guy. We do listen to you guys, and we appreciate you guys listening to us. Absolutely. Right. Then he texted the show like three hours later. He was like, guess what happened today? <laughs> I did and I was like, I know. He called me. He was very excited <laughs> to meet you. So, no, that was awesome. Last thing about uh, big people, because we're talking about 75s um, and spring games, because this ties in, because you were just in the Palmetto State for a spring game. I was. Clemson's got an offensive lineman, a freshman, a freshman that is 6'7", 375. And I'm not talking about a guy who – He needs to lose weight. I, I can't disagree with that. <laughs> but, like, 6'7", or 6'7", 375, like, it's a big frame to hold a lot of weight. Like, well, I, that's – I mean, they just keep getting bigger. How do they keep getting bigger? Well, they keep eating more. Uh, our food in America is obviously processed a little bit. Full of steroids? And, and I mean, we're doing something. <laughs> and, um, and so, that's what it is, Kyle. And uh, I'm not mad about it because I'm feeding my kids the same stuff most of the time. So, right. we'll see what happens. But – I don't think being 375 pounds is healthy, uh, especially for an 18-, 19-year-old kid. Um, nah. And we'll see what happens. He's going to have to lose some weight to be able to play and move. And what position does he play? Uh, I think he's a tackle. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, especially probably tackle. too big to be a tackle. Yeah, I mean, you've you got to be able to do something. So, And you got to be able to move if you're on the edge. Well, I mean, It'll be interesting to see. I, I would love to see how this kid's uh, career progresses. Um, Alabama, they're, I thought their, be- excuse me, their best interior defensive tackle last year was over 400 pounds before he got to campus. And so they got him down. He's down now to 340s, 330s. Yep. And he's moving a lot better. And last year he played around 360s. So it can be done. And he's a really, really, really good player. It's just that, you know, you want to be better. You got to be able to move in in today's – game of football oh yeah no it's hard on your body man like to, to carry that much weight I've never done it but I mean it's obvious and I've, I've looked at the science behind it and what it takes and it's not a shock that so many like Russell Okung's the latest guy Did you see the, the the picture of him no Russell Okung retired I think a year ago he like officially done with football that dude's dropped 130 pounds I mean he looks like you know he's related to common he doesn't look just like him but he, he looks <laughs> pretty much like common now the rapper for anybody's wondering but like no he completely different person uh, let's. I'll pull it up so you can see it. I'm no, Russell Okung's transformation is pretty much unbelievable. I mean, I, not really. That's not true because so many of these guys do it, but it just feels unbelievable because they've lost half a person. Um, and, and he's, again, another example. So you're right. I mean, walking around at 375, when you're oh, wow. young, oh, you've oh, seen it. Oh, wow. Now, right? You, yes. You see what I'm saying? Yes. How crazy is that? It Look. looks crazy. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man, Russell Okung, I mean, he lost it all. Lost it all. Like, what do you think he lost there legitimately? At least 90 pounds? 100? He, I mean, he, like 100 pounds easily. Yeah, absolutely. He's already tall, so he's going to weigh a little bit, but right. man. Oh, dude, it's nuts. But, no, they get it. It's Those offensive linemen, they go one of two ways. They keep getting bigger or they lose it all. That's, Very true. That's what they do. So, anyway, you were at, uh, speaking of spring games, how was Columbia? First of all, it was my first time uh, in Columbia under the lights. Oh, I thought you were going to say first time ever. I was about to get very surprised. No, no, no I've been there. I mean, right. last time, well, I mean, we made a baby there one time, me and my wife. Uh, oh, that oh. Was, I mean, not in Columbia, but because of Columbia and the drinks. And the drinks were <laughs> flowing again on Saturday, too. Um, but, <laughs> yeah, man. That's the, that's, the, that's the title of this episode. We made a baby in Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> and today's our anniversary. So that is, that's go. right. Happy anniversary. Thank that's you. It. Appreciate that. We, we're dedicating this one to you, Heather. Uh, my, yeah, there we go. My is. wife Shout is probably also listening right now, horrified. She listens to all of our episodes now. So. <laughs> oh, she actually listens now? Oh, yeah. No, she's been back to listening for a minute, apparently. Oh, no. So, yeah, no. She, yeah, did, oh, she opened up and told you that. She polices the content to make sure I'm not embarrassing her. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> 
<laughs> okay, good. For sure, yeah. All right, so, uh, no, I, I thought it was great. It was my first time under the lights in Columbia. I actually did something. I was I was going to be calling the game, but because it's a spring game, it's not a normal game. They, we did it a different way, the production team. So I was actually on the field. I did live interviews. I was on the field the whole time just getting perspective, uh, perspectives from down there. I talked to Coach Beamer during the game. He I had full access. And uh, it's actually been cool, man. Like, honestly, KB, man, South Carolina, they treat me like I'm like family, like I went there. They're just so happy that we promote the program. Oh, yeah. That, you know, they everybody on that staff is just so nice and genuine to me. They see me in the building. They all come up and say hi. They all clearly watch SEC Network all the time. For sure. So they're like, tell me how, you know, appreciative of me. Uh, they tell me I'm doing this and, you know, how I'm spoken and I speak well of them. And I'm just a fan of the the teams. And and so it's really cool when all of a sudden you see these coaches and these people treat you a certain way. Um, the uh, the offensive coordinator, uh, Loggins, uh, I'm going to mess up his Dow Loggins. Dowell yeah. Loggins. He's uh, been in the NFL for a very long time, then came to Arkansas as the tight ends coach for two years, and now is their offensive coordinator. I, dude, as soon as he walks in and I, on a meeting, he's like, oh, pff, I know who you are. Uh-huh. You know, they played against me when I was in the Saints. He was like, oh, dude, our whole game plans were trying to stop you. So <laughs> it was like That's he awesome. had more stories about me and was just like geeking out, me and him. We barely got production questions even in because me and him were just talking. Shane's sitting over here like, hey, what's going on? Yeah. We well, Shane this? wasn't in the room. We'd already talked to Shane. Oh, so okay. Shane was very open and honest and candid. He was great. Um and this is the, my first time getting to, like, sit down and do these type of meetings because I don't get to call games. I'm the in-studio analyst. Guy. Right. So uh, it was really cool for me to get in to do all this. Also, uh, Coach White, the defensive coordinator, um, he was fired up as well. And uh, I, I just loved his demeanor. He looks like a defensive guy. Strong handshake, ball head. Looks like he's freaking ready to go. Really good shape still. Oh, yeah. Like, like fired up. And I didn't really realize that South Carolina – has either led the SEC or been second in the SEC enforcing turnovers the last two years. So they're playing good defense. They're just a, you know, they're a feast or famine type where they don't play well at all. Then they get a couple turnovers and it just makes you feel like you're doing better, but you're really not stopping anybody. And then offensively, they turn the football over a lot. So you don't ever see the positivity of you forcing turnovers because your offense is giving it away a lot too. Yeah. So figuring all out the balance of this, Spencer Rattler being there, Overall, it was a great time. I thought um, it was two things that I walked away. Um, Spencer Rattler still has a lively arm. Uh, they got to be able to protect him if they want to be successful this year long term. Uh, Luke Doty is the backup quarterback. Really proud of his progression that he's made because he was forced to play as a true freshman when they had like five quarterbacks to play that year where yep. the GA and everybody had to roll in. It was not a great year. So for him to actually now have somebody else in there that's an older guy that's played a lot that can actually see and teach you like what quarterback progression may look like. Now you got an NFL type coach in your room to help you learn as well. But they're also very excited about this um, this true freshman Noah uh, Noah something. I, I'm drawing a blank. Hold uh, on. I, I was listening to Mac and Bone talk about his number. Day. That was is it Lenora Sellers. That's it. Yeah, Lenora, Lenora Sellers. Sellers. Yeah, 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 that's it. No, he he. They feel like he's the future. Like he played better than Luke Doty did on Saturday. He, well. So you say that because the numbers say that, but fair I'm enough. telling you, when you nah, watch, the, yeah, yeah, I got yeah. your point. Fair enough. When I watched the game, Doty's receivers were terrible. That's they, fine. Dropped, they dropped plenty of them. So Doty made the right decision. Sellers is just a freak athlete, 
And I like him. He's big. He won a, a championship in South Carolina playing high school football. So he's a hometown kid that a lot of people are going to be rooting for. And I got to be honest, man, he looks the part. He's got a great arm. He doesn't know what to do with it all the time. He needs to learn how to step up in the pocket. But all that stuff will happen. He literally was just in high school last, uh, not too long ago. And Kyle, he, he's his own, he has his own marketing. Like, like, he's his own thing. That's awesome. You know what I mean? Preparing him for the business side of, of professional sports and all that good well, stuff, right? I mean, yeah, but he wears rec specs, Kyle. <laughs> He has his own NIL. I know. Like, it's ready awesome. to go. Uh, dude, first of all, did the, you know that? The, the, the courage. Did you know that? To bring rec specs back. Kyle, my, so I'm great. So the reason I'm treated so nicely at South Carolina, number one, is they're very good people. But also the equipment guy, Red, is my, my guy. Like, he came into the equipment managing game in New Orleans. Then from New Orleans, he went to Alabama. From Alabama, he got the head thing at South Carolina. So – like, that's my guy. I've known this guy for 12, 13 years now. And so he, he even told me, he was like, dude, he's like, so we asked him, like, do you, do you want to, like, contacts or, like, maybe a different vibe? He's like, well, what do you mean? He's not even – it didn't even, even occur to him. It didn't even occur to him that – This is the Horace Grant <laughs> of Gamecocks football. Kyle, like, this is, he's I, his own – he's his own thing. I, I, as someone who does wear contacts and who had to deal with that growing up playing sports, right? I had to wear glasses sometimes because, yeah. I mean, as a little kid, you can't wear contacts yet. So, like, no. by the time I'm in fifth grade, I'm like, I, I need glasses, right? <laughs> so, I hated that shit. And I, I tried some rec specs here or there. But back then, people would still kind of make fun of you for yeah. a little bit. This dude is bringing them back so God, much so. Because nobody's worn them in years. I'll buy this man's product. <laughs> I, just, just to work out. Just to play in the yard with the kids. <laughs> or just to, some kettlebell swings on the patio. Just to walk the dog. I'll, I'll rock these rec specs Kyle, because Lenora Sellers is the hero we all needed but didn't know it. Kyle, I'm telling you. I'm telling <laughs> I you. I love the way you described it. It's like, what, what do you mean? Why would I wear contacts? <laughs> well, I've got these. What, I have the best option there is. So why would I wear contacts? So I saw him warming up. I'm like, are those? <laughs> nah. Nah. Yeah, yeah, they are. Nah, that's they not. Are. Yeah, they are. That's not. Oh, it's so good. And then I got close. I'm like, yeah, they are. Yes, they are. Phenomenal. I mean, so Kyle, just imagine all the memes. The moment this kid d gets to play and starts to do anything well at South Carolina, it's coming. I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. They haven't had anything to fully buy into like this from their quarterback since, uh, what's his name? Charlie. Uh, well, why not? Not uh, Buds, the Gamecocks quarterback. Yeah, the Gamecocks Steven quarterback. Steven Garcia. No, 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 no. The the mullet guy from back in the day in the nineties. The the play by play guy. No. Who are you talking about? The greatest uh, South Carolina. Oh, 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 oh. He God. owned a bar there too. Bless uh, America. Not uh, Anthony Wright. No. No, not Anthony Wright. Who am I thinking of here? I'm not. See, I'm not a Gamecocks historian. Oh, good. Then don't worry about it. Then I'm gonna look it up. All right. Well, fine. But uh, the point is, like. Um, from an, uh, the Gamecocks football program, while you do that, is an interesting, like, is it from an outsider's perspective? It's a really interesting program because, you know, how do, how do I say this nicely? Tanny Hill, Stephen Tanny Hill, Steve. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. All right, anyways, yeah. And no, 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 just because, and, and like they, they, they're passionate. They are. They appreciate being discussed and talked about and yes. covered. That's why they like you so much, yeah. right? <laughs> yes. Because you're God. there and you're a big deal and you know, you're, you're broadcasting the game and all God. that stuff. It was crazy. Like, they're just happy that I'm there. They're literally just happy that people are there and, and, and talking awesome. about them. They, they are so happy about it. 
and they appreciate it. Well, sure. And like again, I say this as an outsider, but like I, I they they haven't won much of anything. They've had some great players in the history of the program: Alshon Jeffrey, Sterling Sharp, Deuce Staley, Jadavion Clowney. Dude, like, dude, dude, they haven't had a ton. But they've had some really good players, yeah. right? But like the, in terms of program success, they haven't really had much. No. But they have a. It's a big school. And, and I say this is somebody. It's a great who, state school. I would let my kid go there. Without a doubt. And like I, as someone who's lived in South Carolina twice and, you know, didn't go there but talked South Carolina sports every morning there for a while, like they're so proud to be from South Carolina. They're so, like, they are proud of, of being a Gamecock. And that's something I can relate to going to Virginia Tech because, like, Blacksburg's in the middle of nowhere. You got to fucking try to get there. You know, so it's a place that people are proud to be from. Uh, so I can relate to South Carolina on that front. But, like, this, Shane Beamer's got a chance to give them something that outside of Spurrier, which was a good run, I think Shane's setting them up to give them something they've never really had before, and that's sustained success. And um, it's just fun as somebody who watched Shane come up in the coaching ranks and uh, you know, somebody who watched him go from all these different places, Sylvester Croom, George, you know, Phil Fulmer, and all these great coaches that he learned under. You know, he wasn't, it didn't seem like he was going to get a shot. It didn't seem like anybody was going to give him a chance. And in great South point. Carolina, I was like, well, we like you. We're not sure you're the guy, so we'll get you cheap at first and give you a chance. And immediately he, he proved him right. Well, not only so. that, but then, Kyle, it's also, you know, we have this perception where you got to be a coordinator. you got to, like, call plays. Even though many to. of them never were. Exactly. Some of the best ones weren't. Right. And so because of that, that's maybe why some people were slow on Shane. But, man, let me tell you, he's charismatic. He has huge get-it factor, especially in today's time where, you know, the transfer portal is so uh, – such a, a a part of the game. And, look, I even asked him, I said, Coach, man, like, this is something, a personal question, because I'm on the outside looking in. I'm not – and it's changed so much since I was playing. It's like, how do you continue to build culture with the transfer portal? Like, it's so hard. Like, how do you build a culture when – because it starts at the bottom level. Like, you got to have guys buy in. you got to have guys that's been there and do this. And he's like, Roman, I'll be honest with you, it's hard. He's like, literally, you got to live by the day. <laughs> yeah. Every day. He's like, dealing with college dudes. Yeah, he's like, he's like, you can't be like forecasting, oh, we're going to be this. And like, you can't do it. Not to, you can't do it. He said, you know, every January we start off like, okay, this is the team, this, that, and the other, da, da, da. Everybody stand up if you're new. He's like, we have like 18 guys. Every year it's like more than these like new guys and new faces. You got to try and get to know, and they got to be able to buy in and then ask to do these other things, and it's – it's a revolving door that's constantly changing. The coaches in this industry don't know completely how to, how to really use it, uh, understand it, but they got to incorporate it. They understand it's part of it. And so, and one thing we don't talk about enough in this industry, Kyle, is that we always talk about the players going into the portal, but we don't talk about the coaches trying to force the players in so then they have space to get more guys out. Oh, yeah. So it's, it's a two-way street here. And it's not clean, but it is in today's sports. And it's kind of crazy. It's making everything a little bit harder. And, um, and just my last thought on it all, just completely out of nowhere, Kyle, that I think that you would be kind of excited to hear, yeah. is that when I, was in the, uh, when I was walking through the complex, they had some, some little thing going on where uh, I guess South, Carol South Carolina, you know, it's a big deal there in South Carolina. Um, uh, I guess the Amber Alert thing. So now they're trying to get uh, children ID numbers. Yeah. So every kid in South Carolina will have an ID number. So then, like, you know, like, people are kidnapping kids, which I didn't even know. I didn't know they were just running rampant like that in South I Carolina. I didn't know that either. I, I don't think it is. But anyways, it was okay. a thing. And only reason I can bring that up, because 
I saw the guy from the Murdoch trial. Attorney Murdoch. General, Attorney General Alan Wilson. He was in the building too. What? Yeah, dog. Star studded. So, so did you finish the documentary? The, the of course I did. You, damn. <laughs> so you you know it's it's not Murdoch. It's Murdoch. Is it? Yeah. It's a weird that part of the Low Country. It's weird, and it's not Alex. It's Alec. Who cares? Alec Murdoch. Yeah, I know it's weird. I get, but some Low Country bullshit. That's and what then, it is. And then I met another person. I'm not gonna call her out, but she knows if if she's listening. She went to the uh, Murdoch. Um, I know it's weird. State. Yeah. She went to the state. Did she really? Yes. They were on spring break, and she was like, "I had to go. My mom was in town." And she went like the watermelon festival or something. She, I don't know. No, she. They went to where his uh, estate was. That's wild. They, she like, dude. She showed the picture, bro. She's like, Paul, taking pictures like in front of Disney, bro. It's like, <laughs> gate. It's like leg up. I'm like, like, look at this tourist attraction. Yeah, I found. You know what I'm saying, <laughs> lady. That's the site of some grizzly murders. Yeah. Why are you doing that, dude? Some random dude in her video was like, oh, you want to go by the dog kennels? And she was like, behind the fence, Kyle. She was behind the what? fence. What? Taking Instagram it, pictures? Stop. They were not for Instagram. These are purely for personal. She didn't want this out. But she totally, like, I saw the dog kennels. And then she was like, and being honest, she's like, like, when you go there to the site, there's nobody else out there. You, you can't just get out there. It, it ain't. Like, the timing of it, she's like, it's crazy. It's in the middle of nowhere, and it's so big and vast. Like, there's no way. She's like, we even tried to drive. She's like, I tried to do 85 down the one road, too, just to try and emulate. I'm like, you really went that deep. She's like, I did. She's like, there's no way you can I'm do just it. not wired like people like that. <laughs> I, I don't need to go out of my way to go I see thought. that. I've seen the pictures. I get the gist of what it looks like. I thought I don't, she was crazy for I don't need it. to go. I don't need to go. But, Here, Kyle, for me, it was all entertainment, and so I hope. Somebody that's listening is entertained by this, too. But these are the type of people I get to meet in my life, Kyle. I, dude, I know. <laughs> Believe me, I get it. I get it. Now, here, here we go. So it's, this is where the conversation needs to go. Um, I've had listeners yesterday, two of them. They were like, hey, when's Roman coming back on the show? I was like, chill. We're doing a podcast tomorrow. I'll put it out. And one guy was like, I can't wait to hear what he says about Bryce Young on the podcast. And I'm like, all right, well, I'll get him to say some things about Bryce Young on the podcast. But we have to. Because, like, in the last three days – it's like Bryce Young's got it locked up, number one overall pick. And you said, when I walked in the house today, you were like, you're like conflicted about this. I'm and I, I don't understand. You're going to have to explain to the people why you are conflicted about Bryce Young coming here. Well, first of all, Kyle, you're not that conflicted when I tell you why. And you know why. What have I been saying, Kyle, about the Carolina Panthers in my fandom? That they have to earn it back. They need to earn it back. Right. Why is that for those that might be just catching up? Because I, I don't like any of the decisions that they've made the last two years. I have no idea the direction in which this team is trying to go. I'm confused. I don't like it. I thought they had Steve Wilkes. I thought he did an amazing job for a horseshit team when you gutted the team and weren't even trying to give him an opportunity to win. He won. The players wanted him. The, everybody was all in. He's a, it would have been a great story. And you go a totally different direction, which is fine. That's your decision. You run out your organization however you want. And because of that, I was off. I'm off the Panthers fandom. They need to earn my fandom back by winning and showing me that they are going to be relevant and make smart business decisions and doing the right thing for as an organization. Bro, you got to chill. What? I said, you got to chill. I got to chill? No, not really. I'm just giving you a hard time. Uh, oh, it's like so, you're so, holding them to a standard. Like they've upset you here. They have upset me. And so this offseason, I've actually liked the moves that they've made on the offseason with the roster. Um, um, I actually got to meet Frank Wright uh, in an interview um, with another podcast that me and Peanut Tillman do, the Second Acts podcast through the NFL. Promote that real quick. 
But then, Kyle, um, I just feel like this is cheating. Like, I'm automatically going to be a fan again because they go get Bryce Young from Alabama. And, like, that's not – that's not earning it. They just bought my free. They just bought it back. I think that's what it is. I think I'm disappointed because I know I'm going to be a fan again, and they didn't even earn it. They just bought it. Come on, you got enough to worry about in your life without worrying about this. You got one of your guys here in your backyard. That's now. what I'm saying. Like it's going to be like, oh, I'm going to be a fan naturally because. Look, well, and, and then look, just embrace it. Just accept it. It's, it's your secondary if he's team. He's going anyway. to be the guy, Kyle. I'm not going to be mad. At the end of the day. You know, I thought it was C.J. Stroud because everybody said the size and this, that, and other, and blah, 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 blah. And everybody says that, and I look at them and I'm saying, look, not one person says C.J. Stroud's a better quarterback. Not one. He's not just one. bigger. Like, the, the rationale here is that he's bigger. That's it. Now, I will say he had a better completion percentage this year than Bryce Young did, but that's about all I got. I mean, he had NFL guys all around him. I know. In a weaker I, conference. I, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, I think that you have to, to adjust for that. a better offensive line. It's you like, have to adjust for that. Everything. Sure. Yeah. But if you look at Bryce's game, you're like, dude, you, you don't look at C.J. Stroud's game and say, man, Bryce can't do any of that. But you can see some things in Bryce's game. You're like, dude, I don't know if C.J. Stroud can do that. That's the difference for me. And Bryce Young, this dude is a flat-out baller, a winner. He's a magician in the pocket. I'm, I'm interested to see because at the end of the day, the offense still needs to be built around him. And what do you do to give him this, uh, the, the opportunity to be successful? Uh, it'll be very interesting to me. I, 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 like I said, I'm just sad because it feels like I wanted them to earn my fandom. And if you draft Bryce Young, you didn't really earn it. You just bought it. All right. So my question to you is like, because I still hear this from some people. I'm on board. I get it. Um, I think you can, and I have, I've made the case. I was like, he's not just small, he's statistical outlier small. He is that. Um, but that's all I got because everything else is like AA+. <laughs> so there are still some people, though, that are saying Carolina's making a mistake. This is a massive fucking misstep. Like, he's going to be out of the league in a couple of years. Like, Why? what's going to happen the first time Aaron Donald plants him in the turf or when Grady Jarrett lands on him or, you know, so on and so forth down the line. Right, that's what I still hear from me. They're like, "Yeah, we know he can play, but it's a foregone conclusion that he's just too light." In the first couple times, Has he never got sacked before in his life. Uh, you tell me. Is the <laughs> SEC like the the good enough preparation that we just shouldn't worry about this? Because, I mean, I mean, he's gotten sacked. Yeah, and you can't even hit quarterbacks like that. You no. can't land on them. No. Right? Yeah, you can't. And they're not. They had a chance to allow for instant replay for roughing the passer penalties this offseason. They said, "No, we're good." So they're yeah. not going to go back and they're not going to go back and review them. That's what I'm saying. So it's like you can't really land on them. Right. Like of course anybody can I mean, get you can, hurt. But you know anybody can get hurt. I mean Bryce did have one injury in college, and it's because he landed wrong, and it was kind of his own fault. So, like you could say that, and everybody wants to compare him to Tua. I'm sure when it comes to injuries, because you both went to Alabama. Yep. But Tua had a couple severe injuries at Alabama, like he had that a, hip. He had it. The hip was huge, but yep. he also had two bad ankles. Yeah. You know, in back-to-back years. So, Tua was hurt three or four times at Alabama. Bryce Young never really hurt. He did miss, uh, what, two weeks uh, because of a shoulder injury that he sustained kind of by himself by kind of landing and putting his arm out wrong. Yeah. Um, But other than that, I mean, the kids – and I just hate it when all you talk about is the size and this is talking season. It's part of what we're going to do. And it's he's been that size his whole life. He's been that quarterback his whole life, and he was still the number one quarterback coming out of high school, and he's still the number one quarterback coming out of college. I mean, he was almost accounted for what? He had 379 touchdowns in two years of starting? Yeah. Like, the dude can ball. 
That's and you thing. wouldn't even say like, and like I said downstairs, Kyle, when you brought up Bryce Young, I'm like, you know, because he played at Alabama. I'm like, yeah, it's Alabama, but they would have stunk without Bryce Young. For sure. Stunk. They, there's no way they're good without Bryce Young last year. No, I'm with you. And, and that's why I'm, I'm on board. Like, I'm completely on board at this point because. Are you? Yeah. Like his dad's a shrink. His dad is a, he spent twenty five years as a therapist. You know, it, really, you know this? I did not. I so, know. It, I know. I look when I listen to. I've interviewed Bryce Young a couple of times. He's humble. He's but it all I adds up. Every, I want everybody to know he's a very soft spoken guy. When I say that, he's going to sound like this. He's like, oh well, you know, yeah, it's it's very nice. Yeah, and I. But Frank Wright's kind of the same. That's too. the that's the shrink dad in him. That's what it is. <laughs> I believe it. He's like I understand what leadership is, and I and I have to earn it. And so having a shrink for a parent can fuck you up. Having a shrink for a parent because I I I know people who had shrinks for parents. They're like okay. they'll talk about it. They must say they were necessarily fucked up, but I know one or two. Some people they know are like having a shrink for a parent. Imagine your 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 mom or your dad's a shrink, and they're hyper analyzing, psychoanalyzing everything you do your entire life. Like it, it'll fuck you up, but you know it doesn't have to be that way. So with him, I look at him and I'm like, okay, so he's he's. Got got a dad who specializes in mental health as a therapist all right so this kid grew up loving football wanting to play the position having a dad who was at an early age able to explain to him how to be you know emotionally strong to control his emotions to process things mentally in Dude, a way they, that, they said he's ice water in his veins i've seen it right and, and so that when you add up the processing stuff like the s2 cognition score and, and it just affirms what you see on tape and you listen to him talk to your point like oh this adds up now i did not know that but it does make more sense i would have brought this up in the conversation that we've had just to be like I mean, I know how important your mom and your dad are to you. I would want to know the the fact that your dad being I'm not going to call him a shrink. But well, I mean, I don't think it's just a, you know, casual yeah. word for it. Like it is, it, it is. He's a certified therapist. I yeah. think he's I think he's a psychologist yeah. specializing in mental health for 25 years. That's got to be amazing. I, I would love to know that part of it. What did that do for you growing up knowing that your dad probably analyze every decision that you made or all your behaviors at a younger age to be able to help you. Hey, look, when you feel this way, this is what it really truly is. Could you, and then been able to connect the dots the whole way up. He's just connecting the dots for Bryce. He's just talking to, Hey, you know, when you do this or when you're looking at that and dude, it does make a lot more sense now when I'm watching his game, like the dude plays at a totally different pace when like everything else is going fast around him, he's going slow. He he knew from an early age that he had to learn to throw with anticipation. Like he had to learn how to yes. anticipate windows opening, you know, those sorts of things because he's not six three. He can't throw over the line of scrimmage can't like, do it. like Stroud can, like Justin Herbert does. Like he he's got to do it differently. And so what's funny is the obvious joke here is that we're talking about a, a small quarterback with a shrink for a dad, which is awesome. Uh, the jokes write themselves. But, like, seriously, it, it all adds up when you look at it from that perspective. His dad, and I'm sure his mom too, but especially because of what his dad does, equipped him mentally, you know, with the six inches between his ears to be able to overcome being 5'10", 185, 190. Like, that's why he's here. And so I think that's the comfort that people have, particularly the Panthers and the Texans, with taking him. It's like, oh, okay. So not only has he been doing this his entire life, he was mentally equipped to overcome these hurdles from an early age. I want to know your opinion on this next question then, because if Carolina's taking Bryce Young, when everybody thought they were going to take C.J. Stroud, Houston was happy with taking Bryce Young. Oh, thrilled. They were like, oh. Got it. Well, it's why Bryce Young shut down his visits yesterday because he knows even if he doesn't go one, he's going two. Yeah, there's, he shouldn't go anywhere else, right? So if he's not going one, then he's definitely going to go to two. Houston, I'm hearing some rumors that, hey, we may not take 
a quarterback at two if if it's not Bryce Young. Well, right. And so, but have you seen, like, the news yesterday, Lance Zerline uh, was reporting that Houston is actually fielding calls about trading off a number two because they want Bryce. They want Bryce. <laughs> They're not that high on everybody else, right? That's I, And so I, so I told you, I have knocks on every single one of these quarterbacks. I know. Kyle. You that, know we've had this and conversation. And it feels like a little bit of deja vu. Last People keep asking me this, and I'm hesitant to say yes because I don't want to disrespect Anthony Richardson, but people keep asking me, do you think he's this year's Malik Willis, where everybody's trying to talk him into the top five, the top ten, and he goes 86th overall. I'm like, I don't, Anthony Richardson ain't falling that far. Mm-mm. But if you told me he didn't go in the top five, top seven, I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be stunned by that. I think he's a good player with a lot of potential and seems like a great young man. But, like, all this talk about him going first overall, I think, is nuts. Um, and but, I just, but I, you said the word potential. Right. Which is the, the worst compliment you can give an athlete, in my opinion. You think so? Yeah, because you, it means you ain't done nothing. You ain't done it, right? But, and in his case, it's kind of true. And, and it's like we see it. That means, like, he has the talent, right. but he just hadn't done it yet. So that means you still got room to go. That's a personal thing for no, me. No, I'm with Potential. you. And it makes you wonder, too, like you're one of Billy Napier at Florida. How might things have looked different if he was there next year? And the, I, I don't know. And I said this to a lot of people around the SEC, and I talked about this when I hosted Feinbaum last week. I was like, I think, in my opinion, Anthony Richardson is the most, will be the most missed person for any university in the SEC, everybody's like, oh, it's Bryce Young. I'm like, yeah, Bryce, but Alabama's going to still win eight, nine games, ten games. If Anthony Richardson stayed in Florida, Anthony, Florida would be much better position to actually make a run at Georgia versus now you're like, mm. Mm. I mean, they win six games? I don't know. Exactly. Yeah, That's what I'm saying. It's just a completely different conversation. You look now, you like, I mean – if South Carolina is, is healthy, I mean, they could pop Florida. Why? Because they got a quarterback. Yeah, they could. Absolutely. They, they got could. a quarterback. They could. Florida doesn't have a quarterback that we actually believe and trust in right so now. So, again, you, you're looking at Anthony Richardson and you're wondering, okay, can he be Jalen Hurts? Can he be Josh Allen? You know, is this somebody we can develop into that? And the idea, you know how coaches are. They think they can coach up anybody. They think they can fix They it think all. they can fix anybody. So, no I mean, doubt. somebody's going to take him like, oh, my God, I can't wait to get my hands on this guy. But Bryce Young's, I think Bryce Young's ready to win the division next year. Not because necessarily he's going to lead them to it single-handedly, but because if they... He's the most NFL ready. Right. He's going to come in. The learning curve is not going to be too steep for him. He ran a pro-style offense at Alabama. He's a brilliant guy. This guy picks up on, like, coverages, blitzes. He did a lot of things that most college quarterbacks didn't do. He controlled the protections. Right. He did all of that stuff. Not only that, but he's getting the running back lined up where, you know, if the running back missed the protection, he's like, hey, this is... So... Most college quarterbacks don't do that. That's from the line and the, a coach and right. the center. It's just uh, he is a whiz when it comes to that, and so it is going to be a learning curve for these other Like another guy I love, Hendon Hooker's going to have to catch up. Like, But I, I think Hendon's got to st- – I've always thought this, and I still think very strongly that Hendon's got a chance to succeed in the NFL. I agree like, too, Kyle. I, I've seen him mock to like those Vikings in the back end of the first round, which I think would be a great place for – go sit for a year, yeah. maybe two, you know, learn. And, and like with Kevin O'Connell especially, are you kidding me? Like, I love Kevin O'Connell. That's right. You sat down with Kevin O'Connell recently. love him too. He's – so if you're brilliant now, if you're Hendon Hooker, you're a long way from home in Minneapolis. But like, still, I can't think of many better places but to go. Minnesota's learn. ranked number one overall in player, like feel like you oh, know yeah. where they ranked that. Right. They were yeah. ranked number one. That's right. So it's like organizationally, like it's not bad. And now I get it. While the cold weather, you can overlook it when like the facilities are nice. Yeah, like, have you been to US Bank Stadium up there? I have. I, I have. went to the Final Four up there a couple of years it's ago. Sweet. It's a it's a pretty impressive sweet. place. I mean, it's cold. 
cold as that shit. Is shit. But it's sweet, though. Oh, I was up there when it was negative 23 for the Super Bowl. I'm not going back not during fun, the winter. Not fun, dude. Not in the But winter. I will say this, though. You know, it's almost like where, you know, Ben Roethlisberger went late in the first round to Pittsburgh. But when you go later, some of these teams are built ready to win. Yep. They're, you know, instead of you going early into the draft where it's like, man, these teams are pretty bad. Yeah. And uh, they're not close to winning. And like, so now later on in the draft, you, you're in a better situation overall as a team. Yeah, and, like, they play indoors, so I don't think they're a great comparison. But, like, if I was the Buffalo Bills or the Green Bay Packers or the Chicago Bears or even the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Jets maybe, like, I'd, I'd probably have a bit more pause about drafting Bryce Young first overall. You're sending him up north to a windy, cold-weather city. Like, his arm's better than people realize, but it's not, you know, a big arm. It's not Rodgers, Allen. You know, th- those northern cities, I mean, typically as, as often as they've had to, will look for those big-arm guys who can cut it through the wind. And, like, I think that's – Carolina's a good place for Bryce because he's mostly going to play in good weather, right? So I think that matters. And one of the things that I've asked about him outside of his size, like if they're – and I don't even think this is a criticism because the answer could very well be yes, but I've asked the question, like, okay – if you, can, if you can overcome the size stuff, do you think that Bryce at his smaller stature can go into Chicago, go into Green Bay, outdoors, five degrees, 25-degree wind gust, and can he win you a game? Like, if he's got to make you a throw in those conditions, can Bryce do that? And, I, I, again, the answer may very well be yes, but I think that's a fair question. It is a fair question, I, and I think that's part of the process. Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't say no. Right. I don't you know, know if the answer. I yeah. mean, yeah. You don't look at his own like, oh, dude, I don't think it's going to cut it. Drew went into some cold weather situations and won some games. Not, I mean, yeah, it wasn't always pretty, especially when you're in New Orleans. Right. It was like a whole deal for a long time was that, man, you guys can't win on the road or yeah. in cold weather. And so you're going to have to fight that stigmatism. But it's not just the quarterback. It's, it's a lot of other factors that go into that. And we always love to look at the quarterback position because of the position it is. But um, How much have you talked to him, by the way? To Bryce. Drew? To Bryce. Uh, not that much, actually. Yeah. Uh, not since this process has started. But, but you talk uh, to a lot of people who talk to Bryce. Yeah, I, yeah. I've not heard – the point is I've not heard a bad thing about Bryce Young. Like, you don't hear negative things about Bryce Young's personality, about, no. his, about his preparation, his no. commitment, the way that he interacts with people. No. Like he, you, came, he came to Alabama with the goal of getting to the NFL and wanted to play against the best competition yep. and practice against the best and be pushed the hardest, and that's why he chose Alabama. To come all the way from Southern California – to Tuscaloosa, Alabama, it's for this reason. And so he had that opinion. Najee Harris came all the way from Northern California all the way down to Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Tua Tungavaloa came all the way from Hawaii to Tuscaloosa, Alabama for a lot of these same similar reasons. And so that's what it's coming down to. And when these guys live up to all the hype and they come there and produce at a high level and don't let everybody else down. I think it's a really special deal. Um, I've never heard anything bad about him. I, I think he continues to impress. And clearly, he has because now all of a sudden he's now slotted to go number one overall to, I guess, our Carolina Well, Panthers. and the last thing I'll say, because I, I love draft season. It's almost over. Um, we're doing our, our live broadcast. I'm going to be broadcasting from TD's new sports bar oh, yeah. next Thursday, right? 1058, baby. Yep, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. But uh, I hate I can't be there. As small as he is. Bryce Young has bigger hands than Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and uh, Kyler Murray. My man's almost got 10-inch hands. Like, we talk about how small he is. This dude's got massive hands for a little old dude. There it is. So, it's like, I mean, every time you think you might have a beat on something that you could really criticize him for, it's like, oh, he's got massive hands for a little guy, too. Like, the bigger ball's not going to impact him at all. What bigger ball? The football, NFL football? Slightly bigger. bigger. Is it? It's just more rounder. I don't think so. I think it's slightly bigger, isn't it? Nah. The uh, dimensions of it are different. I don't know, man. 
Really? You sure? Yeah. I mean, I got it. I got twelve of them right. Yeah, yeah. No, 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 no. He said, I'm looking at it right now. Wilson says that they're, they're, that uh, the college and high school balls are slightly smaller than the official NFL size football. Doesn't feel like it. I, I'm just saying, as someone who has like very average size hands, I, I can feel what it. Slightly means. I mean, they're using that word because you can fit it in it. I think I mean, you want more, a measurement. I, is that what you're no, asking? No, no. I, I think it is more round, like the circumference of it. Like, oh it's yeah, more, it's more round. Um, but. The gloves are better now, and then I mean, guys make one-handed catches. I think the biggest difference is the white stripe, but other than oh that, no, the hashes absolutely. No, 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 oh, not oh, the hash marks. The, the white stripe on the football. Oh, I got you. I'm sorry, That's my bad. The, I thought you went somewhere else. The biggest difference to me is the white stripe. No, I thought stripe. you went sorry. somewhere else. No, you're good. You're good. But no, I, the whole Bryce Young thing. I think it's a foregone conclusion. The betting, the sports books took him off the board yesterday. You can only bet starting a pick number two now. Um, it happened. Oh yeah, it happened quick. Like I think in Scott Fitterer, we're about an hour and ten minutes from uh, the Panthers GM and Dan Morgan and those guys about to do a press conference. We're nine days out from the draft. Why are they holding a press conference today? Yeah, why are they? We're about to find out in, a, in about an hour. So <laughs> I, that's when I leave here in a few minutes, I'm going to go uh, – I'm heading to, the, to, the, to work to go uh, to watch this because, like, I'm not dressed to go to the press conference. So. No, you're not. But yeah. I – well, that means I need to – man, am I – I'm dressed for a workout, I brother. I guess I'm going to have to go ahead and, and – I know I saw the tights underneath your shirt. <laughs> um, Thanks, bro. I appreciate it. I need it. to uh, – I guess I need to text Dan Morgan, man. I, I guess if they're going to get Bryce, that means I got to get back in the building. Oh, poor you. Poor you. You got to end your boycott for just long I have been boycotting. <laughs> this is like my thing, Kyle. All right? Standing on my own, too, over here, Kyle. And now they're just going to buy me back. Uh, I hate it. Shit. <laughs> all right so yeah real quick i got a question for you because i brought this up on the show on friday and then i want to talk and then i got to get fine. one thing out because good good but my, I, I, my lakers played extremely there's well there's a lot of nba playoff stuff going on yes. but i brought you up on the air on friday oh you but did in the middle of this thing so i was like I, I referenced the time that you described my personality as transactional and at first i was like well damn that's it feels harsh but then you were right about that in a way and so yeah, you don't like everybody kyle no, but I just, okay, that's fair. I don't like a lot of people, but I also it, I'm I feel like I'm well founded in not liking people. You're the people that are rude, discourteous, they disrespectful to people. I, I'm big on courtesy and politeness and decorum. I didn't anyway, say you were wrong. Anyway, so I bring this thing up on Friday, right? My wife and I wasn't that long ago that uh, I was you know doing my business in the, the the bathroom, like a lot of us do, and I was doom scrolling Instagram reels and just kind of you know killing time, and so. This thing comes up where it's this girl wearing a pair of pants. And I'd been trying to tell my wife for like months at least. I was like, what happened to those pants that you used to wear? Point being, your ass looks great in those pants. What happened to them? And so I couldn't describe them because I don't know shit all about fashion. Yep. Right? So I could never tell her. She's like, what are you talking about? I, don't, I never had pants like that. I'm like, the hell you didn't. I w so this girl pops up in a video and she's wearing these pants. And I'm like, oh, shit. So like I, you know, I stand up and I run in the other room like, this is what I'm talking about. These pants right here. Your ass look great in these pants. And she looks at me and she goes, why would you bring me a video of another girl's ass to tell me something like that? And I was like, what? Because I've been trying to tell you for months. Like, I couldn't describe these pants. These are the pants. What do you mean? Yeah, you're I'll, looking at the butt. I'm talking about the pants. I'm talking about the pants. Like, you're, you're offended. Like, I'm looking at this chick's butt. Well, you are looking at her ass. Why would you? Because I couldn't explain the pants to you adequately. Tried on multiple occasions. And you didn't. So, same situation. Uh, last Thursday, in the, on the throne. Flipping through videos, killing time till I'm done. This couple pops up and they're having the exact same argument on this reel. And they're in a mall and the guy's like, It's the same reel? Same one. And this guy's like, Look at them, look at them yoga pants. You know, they got them scrunchy things, lift your butt cheeks. We're going to get you some of those. Right? And she, the, the woman has the same reaction. She's like, Why are you staring at, you're telling me how good her ass looks. And he's like, No, I'm telling you that those pants would look great on your ass. And she's like, 
but you're staring at another girl's ass to tell me that. So I send it to Camille because I think it's hilarious. She does not find it funny. She does not find it funny at all. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was like, she's absolutely fucking right. Why would you be staring at another girl's ass? I'm like, I'm not. I mean, I guess I am, but like, I'm trying to tell you, I'll get you some of these pants or get these old. So it turns into this whole thing on the show on Friday. I bring this up. Camille sends me to the studio with a script of what she wants stated on her behalf in this argument, right? It even says play clip at the top. My wife is producing my show from home. So it's like play clip. And then she's got scripts written out that I'm supposed to say so that she's accurately represented. So it starts blowing up. I get probably a thousand texts from people listening. And I asked for women to call. So I got like four, five, six women calling in a row. They're like, Kyle, listen, we love you. We love the show. But like, you got to understand, blah, blah, blah. Like, bless your heart. This one woman calls in, Susan, she goes, Kyle, bless your heart. And I was like, listen, is it that bad? But there were so many dudes that were like, no, I get it, bro. Like, you're just, you're trying to just explain it. And I was like, I want to be clear. I've never walked up to a woman in public to do this. Right, but I was like, but you tell me that I can't walk up. Like, excuse me, ma'am, I would love to buy those pants for my wife. Can I bother you for a second? And ask you where you got them. To me, that seems like a very straightforward conversation. And that's where I pointed out. I was like, Roman Harper once described my com- my personality as transactional. <laughs> and I was like, and this is where I would like to own that title and say, all I'm asking you is where you got the fucking pants, so then I can say thank you, have a great day, turn around and walk off. Yeah, I don't want nothing else from it. Right, but my wife was like, listen. She's either going to think, oh, you think I have a great ass and he's hitting on me. No. Or, oh, this guy's a creep and he's staring at my ass. I've got to get away. And those are the only two ways that that could go. Do you agree or disagree? I totally disagree. Okay. All right. Thank you. Thank I, you. I believe if you just went up and asked a woman about her pants, regardless of how tight they are. Right. If you were genuinely concerned because you wanted to get some for your wife, she would happily tell you, especially if you told her that in between, hey, I love these pants. Like, where did you get these at? I would love to get a pair for my wife and like, I, or my girl. Right. I just like, it's it. And so I got dudes that are like, "What's wrong with you? You never learned anything. You've been married five years." And I'm like, I just, I'm very. Wow. I've done that before. You have. Yes. Did how'd that go? It's fine. Every time. Yeah. Okay. But then also, this is you just know, this is just the, this is the affirmation I needed. Yeah, but I knew Kyle, I wasn't crazy. But Kyle, look, hey, at the end of the day, I just also did get charged up this morning when I was like, um, we we're gonna go somewhere. I'm like, oh yeah, I heard that girl's kind of hot. She's like, so on our anniversary. Oh yeah, you fucked up. You are gonna call another girl hot. Yeah, I'm you like, fucked up, dude. I mean, somebody. It, Man, I ain't even seen her before. I just heard. Oh, you you hadn't even seen this girl. Don't even know. Oh, you were just report like regurgitating something you heard. Yeah. Oh, that's different then. See, boom. that's different. No, that's different. If you haven't laid eyes on this person, you didn't do anything wrong. I like that. You just say I heard this person is hot. Okay, well I can maybe if she says why do you care? I'd get that. But like you haven't seen her, so I don't think you've done anything wrong here. Yeah, I I mean, I mean, first of all. Game recognizes game, so the Correct. girl's hot. It's just what it is. It's just what it is. Yeah, it's just what it is. But anyways, it was funny. Um, but that's the only time the situation I can even compare. But no, that that uh, I think you were just genuinely wanting to know about the pants. I think we're that's it. We're, we're all emotional and talking about everything else. But the focus, at least what my boy Kyle is saying, is right. That, is the pants. I, I'm, I love my wife. I'm attracted to my wife. Yeah. I want to put my wife's booty in those pants. So I'm asking this person, hey, where did you procure those pants so that I can do the same? That's let's, You know what? We win. Let's leave it there. What did you want to ask me a couple of minutes ago? Uh, you said you want to bring something uh, up. I, I think the, the playoffs, Kyle, I saw Draymond step on a guy's uh, Sabonis' chest. Looked like he might have killed DeMontis Sabonis. I mean, DeMontis Sabonis also was holding on to his leg. So, that I happened. Mean, I, I just think we should all 
work, like look at the whole picture. And uh, anybody give him. D- d- they're not giving Draymond, not Draymond any, the benefit of the doubt. Not it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. That's fine. That's fine. I'm not asking or saying that. But then, Kyle, I just uh, I was very proud of the way my Lakers played. And um, Rob Palenka, I got to give him a little credit, the GM. You know what? I've been off the Lakers a little bit, and right now it seems like I'm coming back home to a couple of my teams. Why do you quit people so much? Because they piss me off, Kyle. All right? The whole King James era has not been pleasant for me because I'm a Lakers fan, and LeBron James was thrust upon us, and I get it. Mm. But at the same time – It'll never feel natural. It, I appreciate that. It'll never feel natural. And, um, I mean, please say pause or something after. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so now that we are here, um, I'm back. I wore all my Lakers gear on Saturday or sun- – yeah, Saturday. When was that game? Saturday, Sunday. Kyle, it felt great to see the Lakers play the way that they did to win a game that – it felt great. And so now them and the Carolina Panthers, if Bryce Young is to come here, I guess. I mean, my daughter's going to be going crazy. That's her favorite player. So <sighs> I'm conflicted on this. I'm watching Draymond stomp on, on Sabonis a couple of times. I'm conflicted about this because I don't know if Sabonis was tra- – and I say this as someone who is not a big Sabonis fan, so I'm not coming from this like defending Sabonis. I'm just watching it, and I just wonder, that first little like this, and then he lets go, was that a reflex – because I'm not sure if he was holding on or not. Or did he let go because he stomped on his chest? I don't know. Like, it, but like <laughs> you, if you watch it a couple of times, I do think it's a little bit unclear, you know, what he's doing there. I, I, he might have been clutching the foot, but he also, like, immediately kind of opens his arms and lets go, and he gets stomped in the chest. Yeah, like, Dr- the Draymond, Draymond <laughs> can't do that. Though. He I, got it, like, it just... He got a flagrant, too. He got ejected for that. So, yeah. like, do they suspend him for the next game? I hope not. I hope not just because, you know... The playoffs and these games matter so much. I mean, much. dude, he stomped the shit out of Demonis Sabonis' chest. Like, I'm, I'm watching from like three different angles right now. Oh, yeah, he stomped him. Oh, yeah, he definitely, he stomped, definitely him. stomped him. He definitely, oh, you're watching it on the big screen. Yeah, he definitely stomped him. There's just no way to sugarcoat it, bro. He stomped him right in his chest. He tried to end him. That's what that looked like to I, me. I love that the fans are like all into it. I know. I know. It's pretty amazing. Oh, man. So he's, he's firing up. But they're down 2 0 now. They're down. And you know what's funny about this too, at least from my perspective, talking Charlotte sports every day. Um, you know, Malik Monk's on the other side, and Hornets know. fans are like, "Hey, what the fuck, man?" Like they- <laughs> but he's back with his boy Darren Fox. Well, that's a big college, thing. So it's like- and I was talking about this yesterday. Like sometimes fans know these things, but they lose sight of it. They forget about it. Like when you draft these guys so young. Yeah, this dude's like 18, 19 years old. They, like, they got to develop. They got to learn how to play basketball. They got to grow the fuck up, yeah. man. Like, what, Very what, who were you at 19? <laughs> who were you at 20? Like, okay, it's hard enough as a young man. But I agree. Yes, you've been given millions of dollars, which is a blessing. There's no doubt about that. But m- money only makes you more what you are. Correct. And so he, he dealt with, like, maturity issues, professionalism issues, substance issues. He got suspended by the NBA for substance abuse. Like, it was probably best for Malik Monk to get out of here. And, yeah. and he was not playing well. Every time he would play well for a few games and people would get their hopes up, he'd disappear. Yeah. Right? Then you factor in the substance abuse issues. Then they draft James Booknight, who's been an absolute disaster. Uh, they, they drafted Booknight to be the Malik Monk replacement. He's been worse than Monk on and off the court so like it's not gone well but there's a lot of revisionist history out there like oh the hornets fucked this up yeah kind of i guess you could look at it that way like should have gotten him more help i mean at some point like you got to expect dudes even if they are young they have to hold up their end of the bargain or teams are going to move on it's pro sports it's what teams do 
Like in an ideal world, do all these dudes get time and patience and the you know the the uh, room to grow up? Sure, but that's not reality for most of these teams because GMs and coaches are are working for their jobs too each and every day. Like they're not going to give you, no matter how young you are, that much leeway to make a ton of mistakes and grow up unless you are undeniably, indisputably more talented than the majority of the league. Why do you think Miles Bridges is about to be back here next year? Like, he's talented. It, that's and it. Can, and can put the like you and I talked about this months ago, and you were skeptical that he'd play again. And I'm like, I don't know, man. This is the NBA. They don't have a great history with this stuff. Like, not a great track record. And Well, the fact that he was only suspended like 30 games to me it was like – 20 of it suspended. Like, yeah. time served. So, he's only sitting 10 more games well, to start That's what the I'm saying. It's like, I mean, the fact that he wasn't suspended like indefinitely – like, let me look. Oh. And it's a gray area, too, because, like, he didn't play at all last year, but he also wasn't under contract. <laughs> so, you know, he wasn't even really an employee last year. Yeah, it's weird. Right? So, like, what are we doing? Like, okay, so we're counting that as time? I don't know, man. Like, it's, it's, it's an ugly situation. I wonder if the best thing for him and everybody else is, like, a clean, fresh start somewhere else. But you got a lot of Hornets fans like, no, we, we're small market, medium market. We got to draft and develop. You can't lose guys like that. I'm like, all right, well, then maybe sign and trade or something. But – I don't know, dude. Like, this is – anyway, playoffs have been really, I guess, okay to start. But what about Jalen Hurts? Last thing. Now, I, know, uh, I know he graduated last at Oklahoma, but yeah, he's yeah, always yeah. going to be Extremely an Alabama guy. Extremely proud of this young man. I, um, I got to meet him after his sophomore year in college. And uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. He came up to me, and we really broke bread for a little while. And, uh, and he knew he had a whole bunch of big things on his plate. He knew he was trying to – Battle at the quarterback position in an open competition with Tua Tungabalo, who eventually Tua won the job. Yep. Uh, Jalen chose to stay, finished and graduate, and and then went on to Oklahoma, have a great year, and you've seen him progress from there. My biggest uh, applause on him is that he's literally gotten better every year since he got out of high school. Like he has just steadily improved. He was better from his freshman year to his sophomore year, from his sophomore year to his junior year, his junior year to his senior year at Oklahoma. And from his rookie year in the Eagles till last year where he could have won an MVP, he has always improved, like just a little bit in some part of his game every year. And so after sophomore year, I told him he had a scramble pattern problem, which meaning – and I knew this from somebody, um, my, my guy Todd Bates, all right? He's a former D-line coach at Clemson. Now he's at Oklahoma. And he had the book out on him when they were at Clemson uh, when they played them, uh, when Bryant was still the quarterback in that Sugar Bowl, no, 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 the whichever one is in New Orleans, what is that? The Sugar Bowl? Yeah. The Sugar Bowl yeah. was in New Orleans. I was at the game, Clemson and Alabama. It was a very low scoring game. Bottom line is Jalen Hurts would only scramble up and to his right, or he'd bail out to the right, or he just stepped to the right, but he couldn't go left. So literally, they had, like, three guys on to his right playing, like, a cat-mouse game. And, like, they would just run the rail on, the, on his left side. And he would have an up and lane to his left. He just would never see it and go. Yeah. And they noticed it, in, like, through film study. And they like, dude, I think we got something here. And then they just kept doing it. And he just kept doing it. And then he had and a bad day. And he had a bad day. Yeah. And he couldn't shake it. Literally, he just couldn't shake it. And they were like, and then when they played against Georgia, my man Todd Bates was here that sophomore year where they came back and beat Georgia when oh, Tua yeah. came in. Yeah, yeah. So he was like, he was watching. And he's like, dude, Georgia knows it. Georgia knows it. And then all of a sudden, he would never 
do it. And then when Tua came in the game, the game was over because that's what they had practiced. They didn't practice for Tua. And then Tua came in and lit him up. But he was like, literally, he just had a problem. So I talked to him about it. And, and I knew that uh, Jalen had been working with another quarterback, a former quarterback who's a good friend of mine and former teammate, Andrew Zhao, that offseason. And I talked to Zhao about it. And Zhao was like, yeah, we had spoken about it. He's been really working at it, trying to progress. And he actually improved in that area from when I saw him at his junior year and his senior year at Oklahoma. He had improved in that. And then he had improved in his passing. So it's really cool to see him uh, progress, and he deserves all this money. Uh, very, very happy with him. And, of course, everybody's going to compare him and say, what's wrong with Lamar? What is Lamar doing? Uh, I mean, I look at Jalen. I think Jalen's been great, but I still think Lamar is, like, almost better but just because of what he's been able to accomplish so far. But it, it's two different – it's different ways to skin a cat. That's the one thing I love and I appreciate and what I've learned about the NFL. Last thing. Um, speaking of quarterbacks, you're an SEC guy. I've been bullish that somebody was going to take Stetson Bennett probably on day two, day three, and that I was like, he'll put, watch him end up starting a game or two next year, somewhere in the right situation. Okay. Right? Um, now they're predicting that he's going to go undrafted. Do you see this? There are Jeremy Fowler had a report that several NFL executives have non-football-related issues with Stetson Bennett, um, and there's a growing belief that he goes undrafted next week. What, uh, what, is, what are those non-football issues? Well, I mean, I don't think it's too difficult to discern. He's 26 years old, and, you know, he – got arrested for public intoxication in January and then the body cam footage came out and he's telling law enforcement that they were you know introducing themselves to a problem and making up a new pretend law that would ruin his reputation like this dude's 20 oh, that was that was what came out he oh said yeah all that? oh absolutely like this dude's damn near 26 years old or might even be 26 at this point it's like bro you're already too old to be in college anyway we let it slide because you're really good at football but like you kind of got to grow up if you want to play in the NFL. Like, what are you doing here? And you, you can't be in your mid-20s. Like, bro, your, your grandfather was a father at 26. Somebody and, will take a flyer on him. Somebody will say, yeah, he's going to end up on a roster. On I think he's going to end up on a roster. I agree. Right? And look, Stetson, and I think he's been overlooked in terms of – I don't know if he's going to be great, but, like, I didn't think he could stick in the league for a while if he got his shit together. But like, for sure. And, look, man, he's been overlooked a lot. He's smart. He made plays. And, look, he's got a little moxie to him. Guys are going to root for him regardless. So, we'll see what happens for him. I'll still be rooting for Stetson um, just because he's a great story. And if he ever just wants to make a quick buck, man, can you always sell his story to uh, Disney or something? They'll make it up. The mailman, somebody always deliver. He's going to go down – for his, his whatever lack of talent you want to say he is or his size, all that other stuff, he's going to go down as the best quarterback in Georgia football's history. Yep. Period. Yep. Because ain't nobody else did it. I just thought of something. You, I, you and I are hit the road again. Our aliases are Deacon and Arlo. Who's Arlo? Who's you got to be Arlo. It's, it's funnier if you're Arlo. It's funnier if you're Arlo. You know what it is even funnier? If, if you're Deacon. That's what's funny. Too. Right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Deacon and Arlo, we'll hit you next time. This has been fun, man. Good to see you. All right.